अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांगमनसगोचरम आत्मानम अखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धये and take refuge in the self which is the indivisible the existence consciousness bliss absolute beyond the reach of words and thought the substratum of all for the attainment of my cherished desire so that's the invocation we are studying the vedanta sara and what do we have so far it was told that the way of teaching advaita vedanta is adhyaropa apavada which is uh, the method of superimposition and desuperimposition and that's what's going on now the first the method of superimposition what does it mean superimposition and desuperimposition that is first we make an error that uh, instead of the rope you see the snake and think it's a snake so that's called superimposition it's adhyaropa Uh, why should we make it at all? Why why make an error? We are not making an error. We already made it. That's the problem. We are already in the midst of it, and we are seeking a way out. And the way out is to be shown by uh, Advaita Vedanta. Why can't it be told directly? Because we won't see it. Because if you say, "Look, snake," uh, if you say, "Look, it's a um, rope," what is a rope? Where is a rope? How is it a rope? i am seeing a snake so the only way of showing me the rope would be to show how from a rope we make an error about a snake and how that snake is really a rope there itself where you are making the error where you are seeing a snake look carefully there itself you will see it's not a snake it's a rope so that's called the method of superimposition and desuperimposition it's not really what you think is the world body mind samsara not really body world body mind samsara it is brahman existence consciousness bliss so that's the process um i think everybody has to be muted um yes so that's the process and in this process what is going on now is that um, we have the process of superimposition adhyaropa is being shown to us first was introduced the reality brahman which is like the rope in the example like the rope brahman brahman is that what is brahman existence um awareness and bliss uh, infinite being awareness isness awareness is brahman non dual non dual means other than that there is nothing this is the reality whatever is other than that is an appearance this is the basic uh, teaching of advaita vedanta brahma satyam jagat mithya brahman alone is the reality if you are seeing anything other than brahman if you think that there is anything other than brahman what you think or see other than brahman is an appearance it's not real it's ultimately what you are seeing is like the snake and the rope the snake is not real it is actually a rope the world appearance is not real in itself it is actually brahman so we are introduced to brahman and now the question of explaining this appearance if you introduce the rope you have to show how it is appearing as the snake if you introduce brahman how is this brahman appearing as as samsara so first we were introduced to maya after brahman maya and what is maya we were told it is made of three um, you know sattva rajas and tamas it is neither real like brahman but not totally unreal because it produces this appearance this whole experience of the world is produced by maya then we have a told maya brahman is indivisible there is no whole or part uh, little bits of brahman more brahman less brahman nothing like that it is one and not two but maya can be divided it is divisible so there is a totality and a part we you can divide it into the infinite assembly any number of parts now the same brahman associated with maya <coughs> or limited by maya is called saguna brahman or ishvara or the god of religion so in english will be two terms we have been introduced to one is the absolute reality brahman and one is the god of religion so you can already see the god of religion is not the ultimate reality in advaita vedanta so the god of religion is uh, saguna brahman or ishvara which is the absolute in association with in association limited by i am using the term upadhi um, which is appearing through 
Now, in association with parts of Maya, the same Brahman, the same Absolute, is the Jiva, like us, each of us. So this is where, the, for the first time, we can hook into something that, all right, it's us, but what kind of experience? What are they talking about? Us in deep sleep. When we are in deep sleep, um, we are there in a, in a seed form. We as individuals, our individuality is there in a seed form, but it's in, um, it's in a potential form. That is called pragya. That was introduced. Um, same Brahman, limited by avidya, which is a part of Maya. What else was introduced? Maya has two kinds of powers: the veiling power and the projecting power. Avarana shakti, bhikshepa shakti. The veiling power hides Brahman from us. When we look out into the world, uh, we see forms, hear sounds, smell, taste, touch. No Brahman anywhere, nothing, no absolute reality. When we look into ourselves, person uh, with its body, mind, and all sorts of problems and issues, no Brahman. I'm not, I don't see this Satchidananda anywhere, whether within myself or outside, neither in the subject nor in the object. This is called the veiling power of Maya. Because of the veiling power of Maya, the veiling power of ignorance, just like being ignorant of the rope, we see the snake. So not knowing that it's a rope is veiling power of ignorance. And projecting the snake, error, that is the projecting power of ignorance. Similarly, not knowing Brahman, one, then Brahman itself is projected as um, this universe, as samsara. Maya is time, space, and causation. Desha, Kala, Nimitta, same Brahman appearing through Maya, seems to be extended in space, passing through time, and connected with through um, causation or the law of karma, one thing leading to another. So this is what's going on. All right, now let's go ahead. What's going to happen from now on? The projecting power will have full play, and we will see how the whole universe emerges from Brahman plus Maya because of the projecting power of Maya. We are given the nice example of the spider, which explained how Brahman is the cause of the universe. Remember, which Brahman is the cause of the universe? It's a strange question to ask, which Brahman? Isn't there only one Swami? Yes, there is only one Brahman, no doubt. But that Brahman alone, in association with Maya, is called Saguna Brahman. Hmm. Um, Para apara. Apara means the lower or the inferior Brahman. And that that lower Brahman, God, is the cause of this universe. What kind of cause? Material cause or um, the efficient cause? Upadana karana, nimitta karana. We, you discussed these terms last time. According to Vedanta, Brahman is both upadana and nimitta karana. Um, Brahman is abhinna nimitta upadana karana of jagat is the one indivisible material and efficient cause of this universe. Um, from the perspective, just like a spider, from its own perspective, own perspective means what's a spider's perspective of, a, uh, of, an, of an individual sentient being, of a single living being. As an individual sentient being, it is the efficient cause of this web. From its own body, the spider's own body, the spider itself is the material cause of the web. What is the web made of? The spider's own body, parts of the body, secretions. And spider is the efficient or uh, intelligent cause of the web, the designer of the web or the creator of the web. Similarly, Saguna Brahman, Ishvara, is the Abhinna Nimitta Upadana Karana. From the perspective of Ishvara, Nimitta Karana, efficient cause of the universe. From the perspective of Maya, which is the power of Ishvara, it is the Upadana karana. Upadana karana means the material cause. So ultimately, if you say, what is this world made of from a Vedantic perspective? You say uh, atoms, subatomic particles, and energy, and you know, quarks and superstrings, fine. But what are they made of? Ultimately, it will be they're all made of Maya, Sattvarajastamas. So if every um, half-educated or maybe even illiterate villager in India will say, Sab Maya hai, and is absolutely right. Sab Maya means this is actually all of it is made of Maya. In the same, in, in, for example, in the sense that um, in our dreams, if you say everything you see in the dream and everybody you see in the dream, including your own body there in the dream, is made of your mind, the dreamer's mind. Right. Um, what else would I need to say before we go on? 
So now this whole universe, how it emerges, a cosmology will be given. Remember, this cosmology which will be given, it's not unfamiliar, the five elements, you know, space, water, fire, water, and all of that. Space, air, fire, water, earth, combinations of that, producing the body and the mind and all of this in the external universe. This is an entirely borrowed cosmology, uh, borrowed from the prevailing ideas about the universe at that time. My point here is, we are not going to do a scientific description of the universe. What you will see now is a model of the universe which comes up, and it's a very nice model. But don't try to compare it with, say, modern physics, modern particle physics or modern cosmology. Not necessary. Remember the purpose. The purpose here is it's going to give us a way back to our realization, to, to our, our self. It is adhyaropapavada, superimposition, desuperimposition. Is any of this to be taken seriously? Ultimately, in Advaita Vedanta, only Brahman is to be taken seriously. You are Brahman. And this is laying out a path for us to realize that we are Brahman. So why I'm saying this is, um, it's a methodology. So why I'm saying this is that if somebody says, I don't like all this old, obsolete, you know, fire, water, air, what is all this? I have got much better you know, physics and cosmology. Advaita Vedanta would be perfectly all right. Okay, go ahead. Um, that's very nice. You have a much better understanding of uh, the constituents of this universe. Fine, you take up your cosmology. But only one thing, one senior Swami told me, this is my point of view. A traditional Advaitin will not agree. Traditional Pandit, if you say that I'm going to get rid of your uh, Akasha, Vayu, Agni, and I'm going to, you know, fire, air, water, I'm going to plug in uh, super strings, string theory, traditional Pandit will not agree. He said, no, no, why, why they will not agree? There's a reason also. Because this cosmology is based on the Upanishads and based on the Vedas. It's a, so they will not deviate from that. But what allows me to deviate from it? Why should I, as an Advaitin, agree to modern cosmology? Because of this escape clause. The fine print says, don't take it seriously. It's part of a methodology. So if anything else, any other part works well, you can plug it in. You can take out this part and you know plug and play. You can bring in another component and put it in there and it will work. Only one senior Swami warned me. He said, see, these five elements, cosmology, which is going to begin now, this is based on the Upanishads. So if you get rid of this and try to bring in something else, you are deviating from the Upanishads. And remember, Vedanta is an interpretation of the Upanishads. So that one thing you are uh, moving away from that. Second thing is, in this methodology, the way back to Brahman is very easy. It's, it's very clearly seen. How, you, how it comes emerges from Brahman and back to Brahman, you'll see. But if you take up a scientific methodology, it's basically a materialist methodology, a materialist cosmology, then there's no clear way back to Brahman. And even there it can be done, but uh, you will have to think about it yourself. All right, this is just an aside from you know, a modern perspective. I, uh, at Harvard, I met Brian Greene, you know, the very famous cosmologist. He's well known for his uh, series, PBS, Elegant Universe. He's a cosmologist here at Columbia. So he was releasing his new book, um, in the, in the Until the End of Time. It's his new book on cosmology. It's more philosophy than uh, physics, if you read that book. And there he mentions Vedanta. And he says, my elder brother is, when um, I came up to you know, dressed like this, he was so happy to see me. He says, my elder brother is a monk and uh, a Hindu monk. And he says, I have to have debates with him. He used to bring up these ideas from the Vedas, from the Upanishads, and I would debate it from the point of view of science. So I said, what is your conclusion? And he said, my conclusion is that these are, um, he didn't tell me this, it's in the book. Uh, these are like poetical echoes of the, um, discovery or, or the, what has been said in the um, Vedas. So they, this, what does it is said in the uh, Vedas are like poetical echoes of modern science. Uh, it, what is said in the Vedas is not mathematics or not physics as we understand it today, but certainly it's very compatible. It, they are not, uh, they seem to be saying the same thing that much he said. So 
that's interesting to know a traditional pandit would be dismissive would say that look it's all maya don't worry about it uh, swami vivekananda was not dismissive remember he actually wanted to find out a reconciliation between sankhyan cosmology and modern physics and he talked had a long dialogue running dialogue with nikola tesla about it but of course physics was not advanced enough at that time no conclusion came of it okay having said all that let's now get into building up a universe we have a lot of work ahead to build the universe this point ahead i will move fast remember this is what we are going to talk about now is not the central focus of advaita vedanta it is just world building so that we will be comfortable we will understand all right so vedanta is talking about us and this world as we see it now how do we find out brahman in in our experience that will be the other part of it and remember also remember this is an introductory book it's a book of definitions so too much discussion too much debating too much explanation also will not be given it just gives us the building blocks so that we can go into the actual texts the upanishads themselves later on okay verse number 57 i think we are done up to 56 uh, not verse text number 57 ट्रांसलेशन associated with the projecting power of ignorance which has a preponderance of the quality of darkness has evolved akasha which in turn has produced air from air has come fire from fire water and from water earth as in such shruti passages from this self has evolved akasha taittiriya upanishad 2.1.1 so i will go to the quotation first the whole thing he has borrowed it from the upanishads um it is not i mean at the risk of repeating myself it's not a, a scientific investigation into uh, our universe it's he's borrowed it from the upanishads if i quote from the upanishad matter will become clear what is he trying to say here so this is from taittiriya upanishad um the second chapter or valli called brahmananda valli so very inspiring wonderful just in one paragraph um so the most profound philosophy has been packed into it whole of advaita vedanta can be seen as just unpacking this paragraph one stanza um in fact the first sentence itself is the whole of advaita vedanta uh, what i am talking about taittiriya upanishad brahmananda valli 2.1.1 of taittiriya upanishad so brahma vidapno te param the knower of brahman attains the highest that is advaita vedanta uh, it's not in the book don't look at the book <laughs> so i'm quoting from the upanishad the knower of brahman attains the highest brahmavit apnoti param look three things have been introduced already brahman knowing brahman and the final goal attaining the highest brahman the reality what is to be done you have to know brahman and what will be the result attains the highest so that is the first line of the taittiriya upanishad second chapter then the rest of the passage is explanation of that line so what goes on there thus tasmad etad abhyukta satyam gyanam anantam brahma yo veda nihitam guhayam paramebhyo man so ashnute sarvan kaman sah brahmana vipaschiteti tasmad va etasmad atmana akasha sambhuta डिफाइनिंग गॉड so it's really excellent that one simple definition 
how you can unpack it to realize, to understand what the absolute is, and even to realize it. Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahma. Brahman is the infinite existence consciousness. Then, how do you know this Brahman? Yo Veda Nihitam Guhayam Parame Vyoman. You have to find out in the sacred space in, the, in, in your heart. Basically, you have to realize, I am Brahman. Then what, what do you get? What is the final uh, achievement of all of this exercise? So Vashnute Sarvan Kaman Saha Brahmana Vipashchedeti. One who realizes I am Brahman attains total fulfillment of all desires. Everything that one could have wanted, one will attain. Not, not that you will get your Christmas list, that you are making a long Christmas list, all these things will, I will get. Um, no. What we are seeking for in life, a child making Christmas list of presents he or she wants, or even most wise um, professor at Harvard making a list of the award he wants to win and the publication he wants to do, all of it, whatever we do in human life, all the pursuits we have in human life, they all are looking for, we are all looking for fulfillment through it. And that fulfillment is possible not through these pursuits, but ultimately through realizing that you are Brahman. So Ashnute Sarvan Kamansa, at once, all desires of the heart are fulfilled in that sense. Now, suppose at this point, somebody says, that's fine, but um, I don't understand how to realize this Brahman. You, you said realize this in the sacred space of the heart. How? So from this point onwards, the rest of the chapter, um, the uh, second chapter of Taittiri Upanishad, it launches into a method of showing us how to realize I am Brahman, uh, which we shall see all, all in details when we go to Taittiri Upanishad, yeah. hopefully by the grace of God in the years ahead. Oh, the method is we all well known to us. Anybody who has done Vedanta, we know this method. It is called the method of the five sheets, Panchakosha Viveka. To begin that, it shows how the universe has emerged from Brahman. Adhyaropa, the um, superimposition. Tasmadvayitasmadatmana. From this Brahman, which is none other than your Atman. Which Brahman? Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahman. Infinite consciousness existence. That is your own Atman. From that has emerged what? Akasha, space. Uh, vayu, air. From Akasha comes air. From air comes uh, water, a uh, fire. From fire comes water. From water comes earth. From these five elements comes this entire universe and down to our physical bodies as living beings. So that's what will be said. And then from this physical body back to Brahman. From the Annamaya, Pranamaya, Manomaya, Vigyanamaya, it will, Upanishad will show that. So that's for later. That's the Taittiriya Upanishad. He has just used that line that from the Atman emerges space. Suppose somebody asks, you just said Brahman is existence, consciousness, bliss, being and awareness. How does space emerge from that? What is the connection? So it's very interesting. What is space is a matter of investigation, not only in uh, modern physics and cosmology, but also in, um, uh, in ancient Indian philosophy. A wonderful uh, work has been done there. All it means is Satchidananda alone, being awareness alone, with, with the help of Maya, appears as space. Yeah. The appearances of space of Akasha, and the name is given space. And it is Vyavahara. It can be, it, it gives, uh, you know, whatever space does, the function, that also appears. It is actually Satchidananda. It is actually the rope, but now appears as the snake. And with the name snake, with the appearance of a snake, with the properties of a snake. Actually, is there a snake? Is there actually the properties of a snake? No. Actually, is there Akasha? No. It is Brahman alone. Akasha is Brahman alone. But appearing in this way. That's why in some forms of Hindu worship, um, God or Shiva, for example, is worshipped as space. Instead of a Shivalinga, you will find the space there. Just space, that, that is, because that is Brahman. Sometimes it is worshipped as fire. Uh, so, uh, not that fire is being worshipped. It is existence consciousness appearing as fire, which is being worshipped. So, Akasha. First emergencies of Akasha, then it is Vayu, air, then it... So all of these have their own properties, own um, forms, 
qualities and names so it says the projecting power vikshepa shakti maya with its projecting power using more of tamas so remember maya is made of sattva rajas tamas qualities of lightness and dynamism and inertness tamas is darkness inertness heaviness because matter is comparatively inert compared to our minds and uh, compared to consciousness itself matter is is uh, inert it is uh, does not seem to be uh, aware so he says the cause of matter must be inert must be tamasic so by using the tamasic aspect of maya the projecting power vikshepa shakti projects brahman itself chaitanya from consciousness itself emerges space if it's difficult to understand how a solid universe um uh, including fire water earth space all of it can come from consciousness um, it's very easy to see how we do it when you know in, we all do it in our dreams a dream world where there are chairs and tables and um, tigers and uh, plants and animals activity all of it is going on all of it has come from mind from the uh, it's an appearance of the mind so so from consciousness alone through maya which part of maya the, the projecting power using what the tamasic quality of maya tamas comes akasha space from akasha comes vayu air from air comes fire from fire comes um uh, water from water comes earth and so on and according to, where did you get all this from the taittiriya upanishads uh, shruti from the text of the taittiriya upanishad this is of course a common cosmology in the ancient world not only in the upanishads but also in all forms of indian philosophy in china in greece all most ancient people it's quite easy to see why they would think that if you look out yeah. today i was walking in the central park it was very cold um it is in the 30s and uh, so i was looking out and there were there weren't people around and the the lake is freezing beginning to freeze slowly so um i noticed i was just thinking about the five elements yes it's very obvious you see the vast sky akasha and uh, the wind blowing across vayu and there is water in front of me um apa just the fire element seem to be a little less today it's so cold and here i am standing and here is the body it it seems to be more earthy more physical so a very simple sketch of the universe is uh, these uh, five elements uh, if you take that um just one thing i just described it in that way remember when they are talking about the five elements here they are not talking about the earth and the wind and the fire and um, the sky which we see not at all they are talking about something very subtle here which will be mentioned later on what we see in the universe that will be produced soon and that will come little later it's not yet what we see as earth and fire and water and so on and so forth now let us move ahead 58 text number 58 तेषु जाडिया in accordance with the law that the qualities of the cause determine the qualities of the effect very simple actually what are they talking about sir you just said the material universe has been produced from the tamas aspect of maya why so he says there is a rule whatever you see in the effect must have its root in the cause something we see in the world material world the cause also must be some material thing we see matter and energy so the cause also must be matter and energy you see inertia heaviness inertness in matter 
So the cause also must be, must have inertia or, you know, like tamas. That's why. Teshu jadya adhikya. Jadya means jadata, inertness. In matter, we see more of inertness compared to mind, compared to sensory activity, mind, and of course, consciousness. Tamaf pradhan pradhanyam tatkaranasya. The cause of matter must also be prepared mostly tamas. Why mostly? Because maya is always sattva rajas tamas. All three must always be present. Even when there is more tamas, there must be a tiny bit of sattva and rajas involved there also, all the time. And then he says, tadanim sattvaadi, uh, sattva rajas tamangsi karana guna prakramena. Now all these five elements are produced. Uh, there also there is sattva rajas and tamas, but in Akasha, there will be a little, it's all tamasic, but a little more sattva is present in Akasha, a little less sattva in uh, air, more rajas maybe in fire, and more tamas in water, and much more tamas in earth, like that. From subtle to gross, from more, more sattvic to less sattvic to rajasic to tamasic. And all of it is mostly tamasic. So that's the idea. And where do you get all these? By the rule that by seeing the effect, we can make some inference about the cause. Effect is material world, cause is maya. 59. Etaneva sukshma bhutani tanmatrani apanchikritani chochante. These five, they're called subtle matter, rudimentary tanmatras, and uncompounded apanchikrita elements. Important point here. These are some terms have been introduced. We'll keep coming across these terms when we read the Upanishads and the commentaries of the Upanishads. Three terms have been introduced. Sukshma Bhuta, subtle matter. The five elements are called Pancha Bhuta. Space, air, fire, water, earth. But the, all of them, they have their subtler forms, which are what, what has just been produced. The five subtle elements have been produced. And so these are called subtle matter, subtle elements, bhuta element, five subtle elements, sukshma bhuta. Another name, tanmatra. Tanmatra means that much alone. So akasha is subtle uh, space alone. Uh, vayu is subtle air alone, like in that sense. That's the, again and again, we will come across this term, tanmatra, tanmatra. So this word tanmatra has been introduced. It means the five subtle elements. Another name given to the same five elements is Apanchikritani chochante, uncompounded. Why uncompounded? We will see. These five will be mixed up in certain proportions to produce the actual material world which we are seeing right now. The material world which we see around us is actually a compound, a mixture of these five. In the so-called space, there is the one which we are seeing now, which we inhabit now. There is actually space and air and fire and water and earth all mixed up in certain proportion. So, so also in the air, so also in the fire, so in the water and earth. So it's all five are actually mixed up in certain proportions. But right now, they're not mixed up. They're uncompounded. So they are called apanchikrita. Just names. Don't bother too much about it. Just we are introduced to the names. Then number 60. Etebhya sukshma sharirani sthula bhutani chotpadyante. From these subtle elements are produced subtle bodies and gross elements. So the question will be all right, we, we get all these things, but what's the point? What are we leading up to? What, does, what good do these things do us? So, two things, two kinds of things will be produced from this. We are leading up to the production of subtle bodies. What, what are subtle bodies? Nothing occult here, nothing very strange or spooky. Subtle bodies, we are always experiencing subtle bodies. Well, what are subtle bodies? Thoughts, feelings, perceptions, emotions, ideas, our whole personality, and the physiological activity which keeps the physical body alive. So prana and antakkarana, this is called subtle body. The vitality and also the um, mind and its activities. Why do you call them subtle body? Notice. In our experience of the body, we have two kinds of experiences. One is of a physical body. Here, I can see the physical body. When you count the 61 people here, 61 physical bodies can be counted. But in each of these physical bodies, there is a, a subtle aspect 
a first person experienced aspect which is available only to you the consciousness no doctor no scientist can discover that if a scientist if a doctor or a physiologist explores your physical body what will they find they will find more of the physical body only they will find skin and bones and muscles and tissue and organs and electrical activity in the brains and uh, biochemical activity in throughout the body that's all they will find more and more physical matter and physical processes means so where is the person where are the thoughts feelings emotions where are where is what what we all experience as ourselves our our own personality constituents this is what is we called the subtle body mind and life let's put it in a very broad sense prana and antakarana all of it put together we will see so those ones will be built out of the five subtle elements that's where this is leading this one very important thing another important thing is the five subtle elements will be used to build up the five physical or gross elements out of which the entire physical universe will be built so two kinds of products are going to emerge from this process it's still very much work in process one product will be our own internal bodies our subtle bodies and the second product will be the physical elements out of which physical universe and our physical bodies also will be built up eventually okay let me quickly see activity in the chat and answer any questions which have come pranav says oh what kind of student were you at uh, harvard this is my comment my first question at the beginning i guess front bencher and asking lots of questions you are absolutely right uh, so the professors had to tell me to except let's hear from others and then i would had i had something to say but mostly in the classes dealing with the gita or with the upanishads which i took in many of the other classes mm, even in the other classes i did, did tend to talk a lot then sometimes it's hard not to be shy or intimidated with so many intellectuals in the class don't be intimidated it's we are all talking about what is real and present to all of us it's not about anything abstract it's talking about your own reality you are brahman you are the absolute reality of the universe we're talking about that making a self discovery it doesn't matter uh, who else is in the class regarding brahman sri krishnamurti says regarding brahman limited by a part of maya is the jiva is the part of maya the same as the subtle body of a human no maya is the causal body so three kinds of bodies physical body here this one subtle body look inside immediately you will feel thoughts feelings emotions subtle body beyond that what do you experience in deep sleep neither physical body nor subtle body but there is something some limiting factor you don't realize that i am brahman in, in deep sleep that limiting factor is called the anandamaya kosha it is the causal body not casual body causal body karana uh, sharira and that's part of maya that's the uh, tiny part of maya which makes brahman into each of us separate as if appearing as separate little jeevas girish spider web analogy sounds more like vishishta advaita spinoza like um yes but actually you have to see uh, that here the point is every example has a point so here the point is that give me an example where the cause is both efficient cause and material cause at the same time see the classic example in ancient times would be a potter and clay so the potter is different the clay is different and the potter shapes the clay into a pot the product pot so the material cause of the pot is clay and the efficient cause of the pot is potter and potter and clay are not the same thing potter doesn't turn into a pot thank god and carpenter doesn't turn into a table so usually they are different now when you ask what is the cause of this universe so one ancient cosmology was the nyaya cosmology actually pretty modern the way they think about it they are saying that eternally space exists and what exists are free free floating atoms that's the exact language free floating atoms imagine thousands of years ago free floating atoms and space exists and ishwara god is there so by the will of god these these atoms combine together into the physical universe which in principle is a pretty modern cosmology uh, anyway 
I mean, of course, God is not part of the modern cosmology, but the idea of matter and energy existing, of space existing, and then combining to form this entire universe is pretty modern, actually. But there, notice, the atoms are separate, God is separate. So efficient cause, material cause are separate. Vedanta does not agree. Vedanta says material cause and efficient cause are the same with Brahman. So give me an example. So the example is spider example. Vishishtadvaita would use that example in a different way. Notice this, the web emerges from the body of the spider. You can say it's a part of the uh, spider. In that sense, the entire universe emerges from Brahman. Uh, is a modification of a part of, of Brahman. So that is Vishishtadvaita. But Advaita uses only to show that the one thing can be both Nimitta Karana, Upadana Karana together. So Rick has shared a YouTube uh, presentation, Five Elements with Modern Physics Trying to Reconcile. Okay. So I also mentioned John Dobson, who was an astronomer, who is astrophysicist astronomer, who used to stay in our, in his last years, in our Vedanta Society at Hollywood. Um, he was a disciple of Swami Ashokanandji. He actually wrote books about uh, trying to reconcile um, the five elements with, you know, map it onto modern cosmology. As I said, my perspective is, don't try to do that. I mean, it's an interesting exercise, but uh, maybe you need not do that. If you are interested in doing a, getting a better understanding of the modern cosmos, just go into modern cosmology. Just read and read modern physics and cosmology. Rodrigo, what is the correspondence of Sadhyojata, Ishwar and the five elements? That you'll have to ask a Tantra expert who's very sophisticated. Then the example you gave about dreaming and seeing the chair table is similar to Vishnu dreaming a planet. Exactly. That's the whole idea of Vishnu, who's a bit of a couch potato, lying down and uh, dreaming. And the dream of Vishnu is this entire universe. If Maya, Nijari is asking, doesn't have, Maya doesn't have its own character without Brahman. Character means existence. Why, how would Brahman use the tamasic power of Maya to project the universe? I'm not very sure, uh, Nijari, would you like to unmute yourself and ask this question? Um, uh, Namaste, Swamiji. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if Maya by itself is, uh, it, it doesn't exist without Brahman, right? Yes, yes. In Advaita Vedanta, yes. Right. And maybe I misheard, but I thought you said Brahman takes the tamasic character or power of Maya to project Akash. You can put it that way. What the exact text was, the tamasic aspect of the projecting power of uh, Maya uh, is the source of Akasha. Yes. But yes, Saguna Brahman does that. Ishwara. Are you referring to Brahman as Ishwara here? As Ishwara. Yes, yes. Whenever you're talking about creation of the universe, you're always talking about Ishwara, Saguna Brahman. Okay. Hmm. Thank you. Remember that always. Saguna Brahman, Ishwara, God is the creator, preserver, destroyer of the universe. The absolute has no connection with the universe. There's no universe there at all uh, because it's an appearance. Pranav is saying, Maharaj, it's been a very recent observation for me, but I'm amazed how important five, fundamental the five element cosmology is in Hindu teaching across subject areas in philosophy, Ayurveda, Vastu Shastra. Uh, so he even stumbled upon a Vastu Sutra Upanishad. Correct. You're right. Um, that is why that one senior Swami warned me against abandoning the five element cosmology. Uh, you you're abandoning a very key component of trying to explain how one comes from the uh, many comes from the one and also the way back from the many to the one. So let's just keep it as it is and learn the way it is being taught. I'm just saying from a from a very modern scientific perspective. So if, if you have to go to a scientist, um, you couldn't persuade him to accept five elements and things like that. The advantage of Advaita Vedanta is you can still accept Advaita Vedanta and pursue it as a spiritual path without uh, having to accept five elements and a universe made from five elements. Not necessary because it's, it's just uh, explanatory. It's a way of explaining things. Rama is saying, through the tanmatras created from consciousness, though the tanmatras created from consciousness are settled in nature, are they tamasic pradhanam or only the gross elements of tamasic? 
the subtle methods are also tamasa pradhanam but there are um, variations there are variations so the parts which will be used to create our minds are more sattvic than the parts which are used to create say uh, other uh, components of the subtle body and so on prabir basu is asking ishwara is not the ultimate reality but one doesn't have advaita knowledge and that's what you mean without the grace of ishwara correct that is true within this world of uh, of maya ishwara jeeva jagat the jeeva is entirely dependent on ishwara this we must realize if as long as you stick to your jeeva identity you must accept ishwara i was reading in the gospel of sri ramakrishna that sri ramakrishna asks keshab keshab is it true that your people of calcutta educated people you know they don't believe in god and then he gives a uh, very telling example it's little story so the gentleman in bengali is babu is coming back home and is going up the stairs and suddenly he feels a pain in the side and he says oh what is this call the doctor call the doctor and by the time the doctor comes the story is over the babu has died and these are the people who do not believe in god this was sri ramakrishna says these are the people who dare to doubt the existence of god what he means thereby is we have really no idea how helpless we are we are totally helpless in this samsara for our very existence uh, for our very normal frame of mind for our ability to function in this world um so what happens in samsara in family in job and in in the world as you see coronavirus and everything at one moment everything can collapse for us we are totally and completely dependent on god we just don't realize it so as far as your jeeva nature is concerned you're dependent on god and you one would one should nature recognize that just like brahman each three individual have three gunas no i will not go into that we are creating our own universe all right that's something called jeeva srishti but it's not right now not relevant i am curious how sri ramakrishna's teachings eventually led us to studying advaita vedanta even though sri ramakrishna was so bhakti focused not necessarily that he was bhakti focused he also if you look at the gospel of ramakrishna itself he talks so much about uh, vedanta and remember so this is this is a tradition coming down to us from vivekananda and the other direct disciples who are all uh, vedantic monks sri ramakrishna himself was initiated into advaita vedanta by todapuri so advaita vedanta in fact is a central stream of thought flowing through sri ramakrishna if you ask so what tradition do you belong to i belong to the 10 orders of uh, vedantic monks uh, initiated by shankaracharya started by adi shankaracharya the great commentator non dualistic commentator on the upanishads gita brahma sutras and uh, that comes to us through vivekananda through uh, sri ramakrishna himself his guru vedantic guru was totapuri so there is a non dualistic lineage running through us remember it's the vedanta society of uh, new york so yes suchitra says sankhya says that the tanmatras come from rajas as dynamic element along with tamas it is just also implied in Sattva, Rajas, Tamas are all part of Maya, and they are all part of the five elements which are produced from Maya. All right. I think there's a hand up. Anandi is asking a question. Namaste, Swamiji. Namaste. So the question is what Nirjari also asked. Somebody else also asked if the qualities of the cause are reflected in the qualities of the effect. Yes. And we say Satyam Gyanam Anantam Brahma. Yes. and we also say um nimitta karana upadana karana are the same yes why is it that brahman is so full of tamasic qualities in this universe why is there not a preponderance of sattva or ananda wait satchidananda satyam gyanam anantam brahma those are not the qualities of brahman they are brahman they are they are yes and sattva rajas and tamas are the constituents of maya But so, why is Maya full of tamas and not full of sattva? No, but it is there. Sattva is there. We will see. Sattva will be there in our minds, in our perceptions. More sattva will be there. Physical bodies, more tamas is there. Exactly as we experience the world, we experience part of it as being solid, inert matter. Part of it as being aware, thought, feeling, emotion. 
so you have to make those distinctions but then what about brahman what about existence consciousness bliss that also should be available to us because this universe is after all nothing other than brahman and that is available to us i exist you exist all this exists all our experience is possible because of consciousness and our entire life is a drive towards fulfillment which is which shows the ananda aspect so we do not want to die because we it shows that we are sat we want to know we don't want to be ignorant it shows that we are chit and we want fulfillment above all things in life and that shows our ananda nature so satchidananda is shining through just imagine snake and the rope so certain aspects of the rope are still visible in the snake rope exists we feel snake is but the isness belongs to rope not to the snake but why is there still more tamas than sattvic in the world in the universe that we see we tend to see more tamasic knowledge yeah, by all these texts that there is more tamasic so why is there not more sattva there is depending on what we see actually what we are seeing is exactly in right proportion we see matter as more tamasic we see mm-hmm. mind as more sattvic we see a dull person this is a tamasic person but we see someone like um, you know sri ramakrishna or you know like vivekananda full of sattva so all the varieties are seen and everything has its own use you said we don't think that tamas is bad actually without tamas physical matter would not exist from the cosmology is such that inert dull dead matter would not exist without tamas so that is the limit of creation from consciousness through sattva through rajas through tamas we have come down to absolutely solid material creation so there is um, inertness there is dynamism and there is awareness all of it is there but if you push the question too far there are interesting stories so when the universe was first created little stories from the puranas sir first universe was created brahma who is given vishnu is dream set up but vishnu gives the contract to brahma brahma is the subcontractor so brahma will now create the universe but brahma thought let's do a good job let's create as anand said very satvic universe let's create a satvic universe the first creations he created the rishi putras who were very satvic they were manifested straight away the moment they came into being as persons these first perfect beings they thought what is this who are we where are we oh this is brahman i am brahman let's sit in meditation realize we are brahman finished universe was finished in one cycle itself brahma thought this did not work i need more you need more spices more rajas more tamas then only it will be tasty otherwise within satvic food is among the, among the most tasteless food will be satvic food i mean i'm joking only but so you need more spices to make the so once you put in tamas more tamas more rajas the universe is continuing from that time onwards now nicely humming along is there a sequence kishore acharya is asking it's an interesting question the way it is going it seems there is a sequence brahman maya ishvara and then uh, the five elements are being produced jiva is produced the five elements are produced and subtle body then physical body yeah causal body subtle body physical body there seems to be a a a, a, a sequence krama from subtle to uh, gross one after another so is it like that two answers are there from the upanishads if you see it will seem that yes that there is a there is a sequence first this will happen then this will happen then this will happen one after another and that's the way this book has been written also just wait to start but there is a more radical presentation of non dualism uh, which is drishti srishti vada which says it all happens at once and holy mother ma sharada was once asked this and quite interestingly ma sharada said she took the drishti srishti vada approach she said uh, is it is not like that my son it all happens at once how do you understand that how is that it that sounds so strange even in the world we see in this universe we see evolution science gives us a krama a sequence from big bang till now over billions of years so many things have happened in in a particular sequence it didn't just come like that 
So the waking world will not uh, help us, but the dream world helps us to understand how. If you look at our dream world, uh, the you suddenly I dream that I'm, um, you know, going to uh, walking down the street and I meet you and we talk. And so in the dream world was there first Big Bang and then the universe was created and then the uh, Earth and then life evolved and then New York was created. Then we were born and then I walked down the street and then I met you. What did that happen? Or the whole thing appeared at once in the dream. So the whole thing appeared at once. That's uh, Drishti Shishti Vada. That's another way of looking at it. But anyway, that's a different approach. This approach is sequential, one after another. Sky has least tamas with descending order and earth has most tamas. Correct. Right, right. So this is from the uh, text itself. Shekhar and Kiran. Yeah, Namaste Swamiji. Namaste. Uh, so I have a question related to the observer and the observed. Hmm. So can we say like the, from the point of view of Jiva and Ishwara, they, there is an observer. So there is the observed universe. Hmm. But from Brahman point of view, there is no such thing as observation. So Brahman only remains. There is no universe or world. Yes, you can say that. The observer and observed is there only when you're talking about subject-object. When there is already a split, I am experiencing something separately. So one Uttarakhand Sadhu put it so beautifully. Huh? What is Satchidananda? I will uh, tell you in Hindi and translate into English. Where the ground and there is no translation for Adhara Supporter and supported, container and contained. I'll explain later. The container and contained are one, supporter and supported are one, that is Sat. Where the knower and the known, observer and observed are one, that is called Chit, consciousness. And where the enjoyer and enjoyed are one, that is called Ananda. What does it mean? See, usually, first one, Adhar Adhaya. Basically, Adhar means support, ground. Adhaya means that which is put on the ground, one on top of the other. Or pot, in which water is kept. Pot is the Adhara and water is the Adhaya. Usually, they are different. Usually, they are different. This is no. Adhara and Adhaya are actually one. Same thing. How? It is possible when you look at something like clay and pot, water and wave. What is the adhara there? The basis, clay. And what is there in that clay? Pot. But there in that clay does not mean the clay is there in that one pot is kept. In the pot is a name and a form and a function imposed on, superimposed on. The same superimposition, superimposed on clay. Wave is a name and a form and a function superimposed on water. Without the clay, no pot. Without the water, no, no wave. Now notice, in this case, clay and pot are one reality. Water and wave are one reality. It's not that one thing has been kept in another, though they seem to be different. Pot is, because we have two names, clay is one name, pot is another name. So you think that pot is something in the clay or made out of clay. No, clay is the only reality there. So in that sense, if you look at the universe, Sat is the only reality. What do we normally see? Everything exists. So we say existence is the ground and everything is, the, there are things which exist. But here, things which exist and existence are one reality. What is that one reality? Existence. That is Sat. So every existing thing is an appearance in existence. Existence with a capital E. Just like every pot, you can say, is a name and a form and a function imposed upon clay. Every being in this universe, whatever exists in this universe, is a name and a form and a function imposed upon existence. And that existence you are. That is Sat. What is Chit consciousness? Normally, what do you think about consciousness? Knower and known. As she said, experiencer and experience, observer and observed. I am the reader. Book is the read. I am the knower. This is, this is known. You are the knower. And I am. what I am saying is known. You are looking at me and hearing my voice. What you are seeing and what you are hearing is the known and you are the knower. Two are different. Usually the two are different. Or knowledge works when knower and known are different. 
no one and no not not uh, the same and yet yeah. imagine dreams in the dream you're walking along and looking at people enjoying a cup of coffee but when you wake up the people you met the cup of coffee you enjoyed and the body which you had in the dream they are all nothing apart from you the dreamer the dreamer's mind the knower the actual knower and what it knew in the dream the what it knew in the dream is nothing other than the knower objects in the dream are nothing other than the dreaming mind they are all superimpositions name form and function superimposed upon one mind which is the dreamer's mind similarly that's the dream example similarly in this case there's one consciousness you and in you whatever you know they are appearing in you they are not different from you knower and known are one whatever you know it seems that i am the knower this is something known and they are different from me they exist apart from me no they don't they exist in you the consciousness they are appearing in you the consciousness lamp a computer um, a table names lamp computer table forms and activities lamp illumines computer uh, connects me to you table supports the computer but they are all in my consciousness they appear to my consciousness they are in my consciousness they are nothing different from my consciousness that is called chit gyata gaya ek ho jaha see all this i'm explaining he just said in one sentence yeah. and that chit that consciousness you are what is the mistake we make we think that there are existing things and i am one existing thing but vedanta tells you there is existence in which appears all existing things and you are that existence what mistake do we make we think we are the knower and there are many things we know vedanta says no no you are consciousness itself in which appears knower and known and that consciousness you are jaha bhokta bhogya ek ho normally when we enjoy bliss happiness fulfillment what do we think here are the things we enjoy my favorite food my favorite book my favorite person um, activity hobby all of these things are i enjoy i am the enjoyer this is what we think they are separate because they are separate i have spent my lifetime pursuing those things and trying to get them and trying to keep them i am eager to get them scared of losing them and working hard to maintain them and what vedanta says is that you the enjoyer and what you enjoy you are one and the same thing um example the story of princess of kashi i will not repeat it here the prince thought that the princess of kashi was a separate person he wanted to marry her but he realized the picture he had seen was his own picture he had forgotten it as a kid he had been painted uh, uh, he had worn the dress of a princess and he had he had been painted at that you know the story i have told the story so there the enjoyer and the enjoyed the lover and the beloved are one reality what he loves is not different from him is he himself in another form similarly ananda is that not where one enjoys another thing where the enjoyer and enjoyed the lover and the beloved are one reality that is ananda one more clue the clue for this understanding this the aadhar adheya is one and that is sat that understanding we get from the waking world jagrat prapancha it's a clue that the seer and the seen the knower and the known are one reality and that is chit that understanding we get from our dream experience then the enjoyer and the enjoyed bhokta bhogya are one and that is ananda that experience we get from the understanding we get from deep sleep experience what the waking experience teaches us is it's an ocean of existence what the dream experience teaches us is it is just one awareness and what the deep sleep experience teaches us is it is abhed that there is no difference it is the same one uniform sameness everywhere the delight is it it appears as different now you can enjoy it after understanding this also come back see husband wife house father mother children um world problems disease covid pain suffering hospital recovery death all of it 
is appearing and disappearing in you, the limitless Satyam Jnana Manantam Brahma. You are that. Okay. That's a good, very high, a nice theme to end up on. All this I explained. And that Sadhu just said, Ye Sat kya hai, jahan adhar adhe ek ho, wo Sat hai. Ye Chit kya hai, jahan gyanta gaya ek ho, wo Chit hai. Ye Anand kya hai, jahan bhokta bhogya ek ho, wo Anand hai. <laughs> just one sentence. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu